Hello and welcome to Terror Talk on Terror Express. I'm Jason Bradford and today we are talking to a return guest who is no stranger to the Terror Express or Terror Talk. Welcoming back is Jimmy Presley, author of A Bloody Halloween. And today we are going to be talking about our favorite, my favorite definitely movie, Friday the 13th Part 3. Hello Jimmy and welcome back to Terror Talk. Hey Jason, thanks for having me. Yeah, always a pleasure, always, always, always. So today, we, you and I decided we had a conversation. We decided that we wanted to talk about Friday the 13th Part 3 because it's, it's an installment that a lot of fans love. Um, they clamor over it. It's a fan favorite. Uh, I know there's going to be some people out there who think it's the worst entry, that the acting is bad, which I, to me adds to the wonderful cheese of Part 3. Um, so let's, let's jump into Friday the 13th Part 3. And what is it that you love most about it? Oh man, uh, you know, <laughs> it's it's just one of those movies where you you talk about the eighties, um, even though it was the early eighties, getting captured kind of like on film for what it was. Um, not just at like Higgins Haven where it took place, but when they go to the uh, the market at the start where the couple gets killed, and they go to the uh, you know the store later, Shelley and Vera. Mm-hmm. It it's just got that overall eighties feel that I love oh, yeah. about film. And, and that, to yeah. me, is what captures me the most, honestly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it does. It's like a it's like a time capsule when you watch it. The the fashion was lazy. The hairstyles were lazy, which added to the charm, I think. And uh, to me, the, the cast of part three and part five are my two favorite um, casts. But part three, it's like if you were able to go and spend time in a movie with these characters, obviously the day before all this shit happened, you don't want to be there for the carnage, but I think the cast of part three would be a, a fun cast to hang around. Uh, I think that can be said for, for most of the early installments, but there's just something about part three to me. That's magic. Uh, it's Higgins Haven is just a place that I would love to be able to visit, hang out, drink, not get killed. <laughs> oh yeah, exactly. I, I just heard that they were actually, I don't know if they've done it or they're going to but rebuild because I know it had burnt down and yeah, heard yeah I, I heard that. That's awesome. Yeah, you, you heard it had burned down. Do you know the story behind that? No, I don't even think they ever released a story. Like they couldn't figure out how it happened. I don't think unless I could be well, wrong. But. There was actually a documentary and I, I don't know the name of the person who released the documentary. It is on YouTube. I'll see if I can find it and put the information here in the description. Um, there were some hikers in the woods, a couple of teenagers, you know, early 20s that have found the house. It was cold out. They thought it was a real house with the real working fireplace. Obviously, it wasn't a real working fireplace. And the house caught on fire and it burned down, which is really sad. And it also makes you think when you watch the scenes with like Shelly, you know, poking in the fire and uh, there's some behind the scenes photos where the fire is burning. It's like, how do they? How do they burn the fire in the movie if it wasn't a real working fireplace? I imagine possibly like a temporary flu. Yeah, that's exactly what I was just thinking. I was picturing all kinds of ways in my mind, and yeah, that's what I picture, yeah. Now, who's your favorite character in the movie? Oh, man. You know, it's so funny. We talked about this the other night because <laughs> uh-huh. we do talk. It changes so often, and <laughs> I, I'm going to be on- <laughs> I want to be honest. You may have to edit all this um, 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 out, but um, God, it's tough. I really like that whole cast. I, 
-hmm. It's weird because we talked about, and I guess we'll get into that later, uh, Final Girls, but my honest to God favorite character in that movie is probably, uh, it's a tie between Debbie and Chili. I just liked watching them. I just, I don't know why there was something about the way they portrayed their characters. Yeah, I think, I think Debbie, um, she's, uh, Tracy Savage is, is a f- fantastic person. Um, Shelly, to me, Shelly, played by Larry Zerner, she, he was, he was the character that I can most relate to. I was, I was that oddball. I was the one who was always fucking around with practical effects, you know, trying to, to scare people and, uh, you know, it reminds me of the scene with the the hatchet in his head when he screamed and they ran up and he fell out of the, the wardrobe. That that would have been me. I am yeah. the one that that Chili was called a jerk. <laughs> yeah. You know, but uh, my favorite character, not only in the movie but the entire franchise. I I don't know why there's something about Vera that I just the moment I saw her, I, I was smitten by Vera. And I, and I mentioned this to you in a, in a conversation of all the women in the franchise that gets killed, that Jason kills. It's like, how can he look at Vera and not think, well, maybe I'll let this one live because her beauty is exquisite. I couldn't destroy that. But he does. He takes he, he takes her out pretty, uh, pretty iconically. But um, I don't know. There's just something about Catherine Parks that it's like she just got this beauty that I just you can't look away from to me. She's stunning. Yeah. Yeah, you enlightened me there. They're not literally, uh, as I told you on the phone, it was, um, I, I never realized, uh, well, there were so many things you enlightened me to, but Vera, I always, I liked her. I mean, you talked about how uh, a lot of people uh, kind of labeled her as, uh, you know, the bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, the bitch, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and we had a good conversation about that. And I think yeah, we well, let's, talk, let's, let's talk about it again. Um, a lot yeah. of a lot of fans when they when they talk about part three, Vera gets the bad rap because the way she treated Shelley and and Vera's defense, I and I have to take her silence. Not just because it's Vera. I think this would be with with any scenario. If someone's standing up and being honest and saying, "Look, you and I are not going to happen this way. Let's not waste our time. I don't want to lead you on. I just want to be upfront and honest." What's wrong with that? Why would that label somebody as a bitch or as a bad person when they're just being honest and and upfront about their feelings if i'm not attracted to you and you think there's a chance what's wrong with me putting you in, in the in the right from the very get-go hey this is not going to happen but we can be friends i like you but it's yeah. not going to be beyond that it's not going to become physical it's not going to be sexual it's just that's not going to happen and i don't i don't understand why people uh, label her as a bitch because she knew what she wanted and she was honest about it or she knew yeah. what she didn't want and she was honest about it she did i think people i think for i don't want to say people are closed-minded but they're like they see this franchise and i obviously think every woman is going to be the same to some degree except for the final girl um and in this case mm-hmm. it wasn't the, to this to the situation um i think they started playing off her character at the beginning even though her mom was like fussing mm-hmm. at her obviously for some reason when she left you could tell that there was a tight family bond uh, something going on yeah. there and yeah i think it just played all the way through even at the market when her and shelly you know were basically attacked by the bikers yeah i mean you could just see she was a good a girl and I, yeah and i think that's what was portrayed have you ever seen the screenplay for part three yeah i actually i have a copy of it somewhere 
uh, Dylan, you're familiar. You're, I want to talk about Vera's death in the screenplay for the listeners who may not know. Um, the the original, obviously in the movie, what you see is her dropping the wallet and walking out ankle deep water and then getting harpooned. And the screenplay was much more elaborate. She was actually in the lake. Like, think of Sandra in, in part seven in the lake. That's how it was supposed to look. Um, she goes out for the wallet. She she comes up and she sees Jason with the harpoon. And you're out. You can also think of Willa Ford in the in the Friday the Thirteenth two thousand and nine when he's yes. standing standing there watching her. Well, in the original part three, he was supposed to aim the spear gun at her, and she would keep going under the water to avoid the spear gun. And obviously, eventually, Vera's going to get too tired, and she'll come up, and he ends up shooting her, anyways. But time-wise, budget-wise, you know, all that, all that stuff, they obviously had to cut that back to make it work, and we got what we see. But there, there would have been some amazing underwater shots of Catherine Parks, you know, coming up and catching her breath and going back under, you know, Jason Sandler haunting her, taunting her. That would have been a terrifying sequence to be able to get, but. Yeah, Unfortunately, yeah. they spent all of their money in advertising and promotion. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they did the big 3D thing. Um, they sure they did. I don't. I'm not to cut you off. I don't. If I'm not mistaken, I had the novelized version of Part Three also, and I wish mm -hmm. I'd kept it. Um, I, I think I it was. Yeah. Oh, the, I think the death was the same as you just said in the script. Uh, kind of up and down out of the water, cat and mouse almost. So and I don't remember the book. I had the book when I was a teenager, but you know, stupid, irresponsible me. I, I had the book, all the, I had all of the Friday 13th books, which are worth like upwards of a grand used yeah. right now. But I do. That's also where you find out Chili has a twin sister named Pepper. How right. cute is that? But, uh, <laughs> yeah. but we're, we're also discussing Chris. Now, Chris is a, um, a favorite final girl of a lot of people. She's mine. Like I said, part three has got a lot of my favorites in it. It's got my favorite cast, my favorite final girl, my favorite Jason, my favorite location. But Chris, um, I know we were talking about this and you, um, what was it about Chris that you said bothered you? Yeah. <clears throat> well, you know, I, like I said, I have nothing but love for Dana and I thought she did a great yeah. job. Um, mm -hmm. I just, I, I think the way she portrayed the character, it, I actually had more empathy for the other characters, I mean, uh, Vera, to, Vera, excuse me, to me was um, uh, the all around trying to be the nice girl, trying to make people feel better. And, and Chili was just who she was. And Debbie, of course, was pregnant, supposedly, according to the scene in the van. So I just had more empathy for the other characters. Chris just came off as and I get it. She was scared to return, mm -hmm. which we'll get into that. I know uh, because of something that happened in the woods and. But the whole mm -hmm. time she's just, you know, scared and jumpy. And, I, and you would think I would have more empathy for her, but I, I just couldn't. And and I know someone's going to get on me for this, maybe even Dana if she hears it. But I just <laughs> I, I couldn't do it. I, I love the fight at the end. I thought it's the greatest of the whole series next to Tina in part seven. But, uh, yeah, she's just not my final girl. You know, I just. Yeah, that's, that's my best way of explaining it. I just I can't empathize. I think I think my the reason why she is my favorite final girl was um excuse me, hold on a second. <clears throat> Sorry, I don't want to be too loud with the clearing of the throat here. I think I'm battling a cold, but my I think the reason why Chris is my favorite final girl was because she was given the option to run quite a few times in this movie, but she decided to 
surprises Jason and attack him and fight back. Like standing outside the cabin door with the the log. And when he walks out, he takes her. She takes him by surprise. Up in the barn, she could have when she whacked him with a shovel. She could have ran out, but she didn't. Um, she tied the noose around his neck and she threw him over over the edge. I mean, the things like that. I think was the reason why I fell in love with Chris because she really gave Jason back physically. Whereas Tina in part seven, she, she whoops his ass, but, and no offense to Tina, but she just gets to stand there. She's not really physical. Like Chris was, she had her her telekinesis, but Chris was very, very physical. And, and I think at the very end when Jason's hanging there and he comes, pops up and he takes his mask off and she cowers in the corner I think up until that point, she didn't realize who the attacker was. And when she realizes that was who attacked her those years back, the fear that she was dreading the entire trip there was became a realization. It happened. It was true. It was right in front of her again. And I think that's why she started going a little bit mad. And if Ali hadn't been there, I think Jason could have gotten her. Yeah. Yeah. You, uh, when we, when we talked about, I'm sorry. Uh, you sold me. Like I told you, that was just something that I didn't grasp uh, after all these years. And I usually I'm good at grasping stuff like that. But I never, I never grasped. I never grasped the fact that, yeah, she was face to face and um, he knew it. He knew he had her. I mean, like you were talking about when he lifts the mask up, he, he actually grins at her and yeah. you almost, I mean, I still respect her. Like I said, I love the fight, but I, she's not my favorite final girl, but you made one heck of a case the other night, and it really made me rethink for the last few days. Yeah, you know, I'm going to give Chris and props. She was, she was badass either way, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, she, like you said, she had choices to run or fight, and she wanted to end it. But yeah. Anyway, yeah. Yeah, I, th- I, th- and I think <laughs> if you consider the character beyond the movie, I think Dr. Ginny Fields has probably got her Kate, her hands full with a lot of uh, <laughs> patients uh, that, that underwent her, her experiences as well. Uh, two, two quick, well, first, before I ask you two quick questions here, I think I wanted to also mention that there was a scene that was shot and it was also in, in the Simon Hawk novelization of part three, where Jason does kill Chris. He cuts off her head. And in the book, they put the point of view in Jason's mind where he's seething with anger. And in his mind, he has this moment where he's, imagining killing Chris and he's and he chops off her head and and I believe he dismembered her in the book so we did get a little bit of that film but the footage was lost and now all we have are stills which I'm going to share here uh, if you're watching on YouTube but I do want to ask you two questions two um, that come up a lot in conversation and the horror groups about part three the first question is when in the beginning of part four in the morgue Axel is eating his donut or whatever that pastry looking thing is with the emts <laughs> and he says it was a real cute girl and the other uh character says well it was a real cute girl and axel lovable axel he says oh she still is all you gotta go over there is all you gotta do is go over there and you know i think he says pull down your pants is, is what i is what i hear when i'm listening to him but i i can't, i've never had it confirmed but regardless who do you think the cute girl is under the sheet that axel was referring to yeah i remember talking about this because I wanted to say um, that it was probably uh, Debbie. I, I think we got because you know she was kind of the one that they were going for. Uh, mm-hmm. That that had, that had gotten murdered. Uh, that probably was the looker for the film. Uh, and <clears throat> I think we talked about how 
and you'll have your opinion on this, but you know, Vera kind of had the eye gouged. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I think yeah. it goes either way. I think it was one of the two, but you I don't know. think it was Vera. Like I said, she had this exquisite beauty, but with with an eye gouged out, I just can't see her. Right. I mean, with Axel, I'm saying I I can't see Axel being enthralled by that. Oh, of course, I'm thinking with the the, with the sane mind. I'm not into necrophilism, but. Uh, if it, it, I think that the, the empty socket would be a turnoff if I was. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Axel was obviously on a different level than us either way. So yeah, absolutely, absolutely. But I think I think personally, um, it could have been Debbie, but I think it was Fox because when you watch the movie, Fox seems to be the one who would have the least amount of physical damage, and she wasn't too bloody. Um, if, if with the pitchfork removed, she would have cleaned up easy. Whereas Debbie would have been blood soaked with, you know, the wet terry cloth robe and, and the open gaping chest wound. Um, and like I said, Vera had the eye patch and I don't know what happened to Chile, but that's, that's another point. It's not a question I was thinking of, but let's, let's talk about this. Why did he remove Chile's clothes out of all the movies? Chile is the only character he stripped. Stripped down, obviously naked, because all her clothes were in that bloody bathtub that Chris finds. I'm wondering, what is it about Chili that he he had to strip her bare and soak her bloody clothes in the tub? I think Jason, <clears throat> this is just from what I've gotten uh, after all the years of watching the movies and thinking back at Psycho. Um, you know, obviously there is a mother thing there. And I think Chili, uh, I think she was probably a little bit older than the rest of them. And I don't know why he would have stripped her, but I think there's something in Jason's head. I think he saw her more as the mother. I mean, she was even wearing a blue uh, sweater, if I'm not mistaken, or something. Yeah, like along sweatshirt. those lines. And yeah, yeah, and that always tied it into somehow being related to the mom. Why stripper? I don't know, but you know, he is kind of a psychopathic killer. So I, I just I don't know, but that's just crossed my mind. Yeah, and might have been, you know. I've always been baffled about that, and. uh but yeah. the, the other question that I wanted to ask you was also in the opening sequence of part four, uh, as the camera moves beyond the waiting room, you can see a woman, a young girl crying, uh, embracing what appears to be her mother. I have always pictured that being as someone specific. Have you ever, have you ever thought of who that might be? Yeah. I mean, she was pretty hysterical and, and the moms mm-hmm. and the, uh, probably the dad was sitting there too. I think they were pretty upset. Yes. I think. It was the hospital. It was the local one. It was a small town. I think it was Chris sitting there. I think it was know? too. Yeah. Some some fan theories that could be. A lot of people think it's Chris. Other people think it could just be a, a, a family member of one of the other cast members. Like it could have been Debbie's sister. Or it could have been, uh, you know, a relative of Chili or you know anybody. But I I I do believe it was Chris, the actress they got to play her. To me, sounded sounded a lot like her. Very much. Yeah. I reached out to Catherine Parks to come on the show. Hopefully I can get her on an episode of the Terror Express. I think it would be cool if um, I might possibly reach out to to Paul Kratka as well and invite him on. I, I would love to interview as many of the Friday the 13th alum as possible uh, because it, it's, it is a franchise. It's magical. It's, it's something that I revisit on a regular basis. If I go more than a week without watching at least one of the films, I start to feel like I'm doing something wrong in life <laughs> well, i know I know. it makes any sense to the friday fans out there <laughs> yeah i think they all get that i know i do i, I think um that franchise uh, uh it literally like enthralled and, and 
captured a whole generation and and th- and that generation which is us you know we're showing it to the next and now the next generation even and it's amazing yeah. how strong even after the lawsuit it's still yeah it's pretty it's been dead for so long that how many people are looking forward to something else yeah. even young people so yeah. it's it you know, for itself. i think that would be a great segue into 13 fanboy let me mention this really quick there's a movie out there listeners if you're not aware um Tracy Savage from part three is in a movie called 13 fanboy with a dozen other Friday, the 13th uh, cast members from the full franchise. Um, yes. You can check that out. It's on Tubi. It's on all the major streaming platforms. Uh, it's really good movie. It's not a Friday, the 13th film, but it is uh, a meta slasher based in real life times of the actors playing themselves. Uh, crazy yeah, fans. It, it them, really is taking them out, but. Mm-hmm. It's a love letter, as Deborah said. It's a, really it really is. is a love letter yes. to the fans. Yeah, Deborah Voorhees. Yep, absolutely is a love letter. It was. It's a great, great film. Uh, you should check it out if you haven't seen it already. But, um, and Jimmy, your book, A Bloody Halloween. I mentioned it was a. Um, did I mention? Uh, let me start that part over. Jimmy, your book, A Bloody Halloween, is available on Amazon for purchase. Is it available anywhere else? Yeah, any legit online bookstore. But I do want to add real quick. I, I've found recently, like on eBay and little places like that, um, selling for you know thirty, twenty five, thirty, forty dollars. And you know you can get it for uh, seven, eight bucks from Amazon or any like Barnes okay. and Noble, any online legit bookstore. So avoid eBay. It sounds like they're <laughs> scalping the scalping the price. <laughs> yeah, like I don't get that, but yeah, yeah, they're doing it. Now, what's a quick synopsis on a bloody Halloween? Yeah, well, it's about this family, the, uh, mostly this kid and his brother and um, their Halloween uh, in 1993 in East Tennessee. And uh, they they come across an abandoned house, find some treasures that they're interested in. And uh, little do they know the uh, the figure that uh, uh, has been locked away in a sanitarium used to that used to live, reside in that very house is as literally like Michael Myers come home to kill and uh, he wants his stuff back. Uh, it's a chase. Mm-hmm. It's a cat and mouse story with a lot of scares and a lot of uh, early nineties feel and, and, and friendship feel kind of like it for the kids and mm-hmm. their relationships uh, to survive. And it's really good. It turns uh, uh, psychological into pure slasher at the end. I think people like it. Uh, and I got a sequel. Sounds- Sounds excellent. You got a sequel in the works and you got a screenplay work. also that has been written. So who knows? Maybe we'll see it on the big screen. Oh, that'd be great. Yeah, we'll keep us up to date on the sequel. I'm going to put the link for the the uh, eBay or not the eBay. We're going to avoid the eBay. I'm going to put the link for the Amazon uh, in the description here below for, of this episode for those who want to check out A Bloody Halloween by my guest, Jimmy Presley. Jimmy, thank you for coming on to Terror Talk and talking about my all-time favorite movie, not just in the franchise, but ever made and any franchise uh friday the 13th part three yeah always a pleasure i appreciate it and thank you and um yeah friday the 13th part three i mean you can't go wrong so yeah no, thank you. you really can't really can't but have a have a good evening avoid avoid those woods uh, was i supposed to say it back no <laughs> <laughs> have a no, good evening <laughs> 